0: Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was talking to Dave a little earlier before the service, after the first service, I should say, and, um, you know, he said, hey, do you still work for the VA? I said, yeah, I do. Um, a lot of people don't know. I actually do this for a living. I, I get a chance to go and talk to people for a living or uh, go out and do briefs and things like that on bases and you know, go into different agencies and, and try to just uh educate people about services and benefits available, but it's always something, right? It's great when you could do a class and you got a thousand people. That's great. It's great when you do a class, you got hundreds of people, right? But my favorite classes are the intimate ones. It's when, hey, you know, they apologize. Like, hey, uh, you know, we know you came all the way up here. It was a two and a half hour drive, but we only have four people. I'm like, that's the perfect amount. Because in that situation, we can get something personal. Let me tell you something. Church has everything that we need. I'm just sitting back here. I'm, a, I'm being a fly on the wall. I'm being a part of the service. And I'm just looking at everything that's needed is in the church. I'm seeing people pass by and I'm looking at the, uh, the genuineness of the relationships. People are just talking. They really like one another. <laughs> it's not like at work or at a family reunion where we have to put up with one another, <laughs> but we actually like one another. I'm looking at the relationships between the couples. And I'm looking at the families, how they're coming together. And, you know, we make it look so easy, but it's not. It is God. This has nothing to do with the sermon, but it is God. Let me tell you, this is not something that is common on the outside. It's not common whatsoever. It is just a beautiful thing to see, to be able to sit back and just see God move. It doesn't always have to be something extreme for the supernatural to take part. Uh, You know, we were talking about, you know, all the revivals that's taking place in the conferences, and those things have their place, but it's, it's something about God just moving in people in the everyday life. No special thing that we're doing. It's a church service. It's not something that we wrapped up for for months. But God is moving. And if I notice it, people coming in the door notice it also. And that's why you've been here for so many years. Now that that's over with, has anyone been to Sam's Club, to Costco's, to BJ's lately? If you can get in the door and get past the people who are trying to give you a new cell phone, even though you already have a new cell phone. (laughs) You emerge upon the televisions. I mean, that's just what they have. You walk in the door, and, you know, I haven't had TV in probably about 12, 13 years. And I'm looking at these TVs, I'm like, these TVs are astronomical. You know, 83-inch television, 60-inch television, and they're cheap. I mean, you know, a know, TV's like 400 bucks. It's amazing. Back in the day when I was looking at TVs, they were thousands of dollars. If the TV's not big enough, you can get a projector and it can be like a 10-foot image on your wall. And, you know, they put those in the front because they know that a lot of people have their eyes on these big, huge media systems. It's these things that are going to garner so much of our attention and we're going to stay right in place to watch them. The majority of modern televisions have smart features, but this means uh, physical buttons don't always have a necessary need. This has led to many users finding themselves unable to turn on their televisions without a remote. Here steps in the DISH remote finder. If you go to the right store, they will have DISH network providers. They're trying to sell you a service right there. They have this new thing called a dish remote finder. By simply pressing a button on top of the set-top box, the dish remote will begin to emit a series of loud beeps, noises, and also lights up to help you find it faster. Many Christians find themselves in this situation also. God has equipped them with all of these unique and powerful gifts, but just like these televisions, we are just blank screens without any power. Ephesians chapter four, I'm sorry, chapter three, verses fourteen through twenty. For this reason, I bow my knee to the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes understanding that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I've entitled this sermon, Where's the Remote? Where is the Power? Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, God, we come before your throne, God, because we realize that we have an issue, God. That yes, we are all vessels, Heavenly Father, God, that you created us with purpose, God. You created us, Lord Jesus Christ, with destiny, God, but we have to be driven by power, God. There's nothing else in this world that's going to be able to satisfy. There's nothing else that can fuel us, Lord Jesus Christ, but your spirit is able, Lord, to invoke power, Lord Jesus Christ, that surpasses understanding, God. and can do many more great things than we could ever achieve in our own, God. I put no faith, nor. In myself, God, but all upon you, God. I pray to each and every heart and mind in this place, Lord Jesus Christ, will have a testimony because you're doing something right now, God. Please touch us in this time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Looking at three topics, the first topic is the mysteries of. Christ. You know, Dave was talking about he's doing this financial peace university and everybody wants to be able to get a little bit more money. Everybody wants to save. So it's not unusual that even though Dave Ramsey's a Christian, that they're going to go ahead. and Hey, if this program's working, millions of people have been through it. I'm going to go also that there's people who come to church or people who are around church folks, but they don't necessarily understand what church nor God is. The beginning of Ephesians chapter 3 is labeled the mystery revealed. Who is Jesus? That's a pretty crazy question to ask in church. But just because you know the title doesn't mean you necessarily know him. As we are on outreach we knock on doors. This is the Bible Belt. We talk to people, and they tell you about every family member that they have, that they're involved in the church in some way, form, or fashion, but that doesn't mean they necessarily know who God is. Many people call out his name with no reverence or understanding of the name at all. I'll give you a few situations. We can scream out, Jesus, out of frustration. Sometimes someone's getting on our nerves, and we want them to move away out of anger, We may stub our toe. We can say, Jesus, out of joy at 7-Eleven. Someone's hitting the lottery. They say, Jesus. Let me tell you, knowing the title, but misunderstanding the value. Knowing that, hey, you know what? There is this Jesus. He does great things. Jesus must stand for genie. Not understanding who he is. The Bible says, we were removed at birth due to... To the sin within the world, that at birth we were automatically separated from this Jesus because of sin. Just as a child who separated from his father at birth has the same last name, but that doesn't mean he knows anything about his father. First Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen: For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power. Somebody say power. It is the power of God. There is power in God. There's power here. This isn't just something we do. This isn't a club. This isn't just uh, 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 some type of uh, entity that we're forming. It's not a fraternal order. It is a power of God. You can't receive power without being saved. I'm sorry. It's not possible. You can be around the power, but that doesn't mean you have it. I don't care how many scriptures you know, how many deacons or deaconists or whatever you have in your family. Just because you go to church does not mean you are a possessor of power. Maybe you've been around that. Sticking on the money situation, I've been around millionaires before. They didn't give me any of their money. They're rich. I'm poor. I can be around it. I work in an office building where, you know, it's, it's very expensive. I mean, I, I believe that we pay $12,000 a month to lease this building, that we have these government vehicles, and maybe you work on a base or you work at a shipyard, and you have these multi-hundred-million-dollar pieces of equipment. It ain't yours. You can be around it, but it's not yours. Just like our illustration, you can have a big-screen TV, With all the looks and the features that everybody's looking for, but without the remote, it's just a big, empty box. Your TV is worthless when the power's out. Worthless. It doesn't mean anything. I went in, (laughs) I was witnessing to this guy, you know, he started coming to church for a little while. And, uh, you know, these, it's always these single Navy guys, right? So these young single Navy guys, he's like an E2, E3 in the Navy. And we're going by his house just to go and hang out with him. And he has to move his TV over so we can walk in the doors. TV is so big. His apartment is so small that he's, he's got like a little swivel. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what are you going to do with that? What are you, you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the power that you have? I mean, this is amazing. Think about all the investment it took for that to happen. I mean, that brother had to spend maybe his whole paycheck to get that. Think about the investment. I mean, this church has been here a long time. Think about all the investment that took place for you to be here with the power. But what do we do with it? Can we feel powerless this evening? Can we feel like, you know what? I thought I was supposed to feel better. I thought that things were supposed to be going in a different way. For some reason, I feel fake. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I've been in church, and I've felt that way before. I felt like, you know, this is my seat. This is my special seat. Make sure no one sits in my seat, right? This is where I stand on the platform. This is what I do here. That's my seat in the prayer room. This is what time I get here. That we do all of these different things, but we realize that, you know what? We're faking it. That's a scary thing to just go through the motions and just be faking it and really have no power. And if we think about the Bible, it speaks of that these people really wholeheartedly believe that they're going to heaven. And Jesus, is like, who are you? I never knew you. Like, wait a minute. What do you mean? I was here. I did all that stuff. Remember me? Empty. Empty using your own strength, and now you're just depleted. That's how we get drained. There's two ways to get drained. You can get drained in a good way or drained in a bad way. The good way of being drained is that God pours his spirit into you, and he's pouring you out all over the church. You know, um, it's funny. uh, This morning, I'm trying to get ready, get my mind right to come to Virginia Beach, and Pastor Mitchell was letting me know about all the stuff I didn't pour into, and I need to get that stuff done this morning. He's like, hey, this didn't get done, that didn't get done. You need to talk to this person, get that person. And it can seem like it's overwhelming, but it's amazing that when you pour out, God pours into you. That's, it's not ours. He gives it freely, and we give it. It's a, it's a cycle. But when you're doing it, when you're using your own strength, it feels like, man, I, I can't get anything done. Have you ever looked at people in the church and like, how in the world are you able to do all this stuff? and i can barely get here on time i'm not i don't know who i don't know who it is i can how can you do all that whose power are you using whose power because you can only go but so far on your power the things that you know your gifts and all of these wonderful things that god has blessed you with only on your behalf can you go but so far god has to take over Number two, I want to look at strengthening the inner man. The world always has something available to help us. What about your smartwatch or, you know, what about your cell phone? Since we already talked about the TVs, we'll just attack everything. The illusion of productivity. How many people use their smartphone smartly? (laughs) You know, you got... You got this iPhone or you got this Samsung device or whatever it may be. And, you know, and we pick it because of all the specs and everything that can accomplish. And what do you do with it? Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. I mean, you don't even talk on the phone. So we get these smart You know, the phones wasn't enough. They said, let's come with some smartwatches, And smartwatches make us feel like we're going to be healthy. Some of us have been hitting the gym. We've been eating healthy and watching your consumption. And that's a great thing, that you get started. And, you know, that's that's how it is. It's something new. You get excited. You do those things. But why do you feel defeated? Like, man, I'm I'm doing all this stuff. I got the right watch. I got everything I'm supposed to have. I got the right car. I got the right look. I got the right family. We spend all this time and money working on the outer man. But what have you done to work on the inner man? What have you done to purchase things that, You can't buy that only God can give to you, the gifts of heaven. Working on all of these outer things, it's it's amazing when you go and you're driving to work and your car is barely making it to work, but you're thanking God that it's moving. It turned on this morning. And you see so many people, especially here in Virginia Beach, you see so many people at the stoplight in this beautiful, gorgeous car, and they look miserable. They're in this car that's amazing. It costs more than your mortgage or your rent. And they are so miserable. I mean, it's first thing in the morning. You woke up this morning. You know why? Because those things don't complete you. All of the outer stuff can't do anything to fix what's going on in the inner. We have tons of apps to help us save calories, check our heart rate, even sleep habits. I don't know what that's for. Tracks your sleep. I know if I slept or not. Every smartphone in the market has a pedometer. And we're worried about how many steps we're taking in our day and calories that we're burning. But how many steps are we taking spiritually? You know, there's basic spiritual steps that we need to do every day. That when we get up in the morning, because you didn't have to get up in the morning, that God continued your heart to beat and continue for air to be flowing through your lungs, that we can automatically thank God when that happens. That also when we get up and we're brushing our teeth, that we can come to a thing called morning prayer. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of morning prayer before, but it's a great thing. Morning prayer is a is a is it's amazing. Sometimes it can be done at your house. Sometimes it can be done at church. And what it does is sets the whole tone for your day, that you set up yourself thanking God and seeking God who knows everything, In direction. God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know that you know. So let me go ahead and seek your face. That's step one that we need to be doing every day. Step two, we need to have a good attitude when we go to work. Or if your job is to take care of your family, you need to have a good attitude with your family. I know it's hard, moms. I know the kids, they get on your nerves. They do a whole bunch of horrible things to you on purpose. But God blessed you with those kids. God blessed you with that job.
0: All right, we've got a special promotion for the faithful listeners of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Here's the deal, Jack. (laughs) We're taking an impact team to Pastor Paul and Deanna Alvarez in Lima, Peru. (laughs) They let us know that they need some equipment. We'd like to give you a chance to help us buy them a new iPad and a new smart TV for their children's church. Our goal is to raise $1,000 for these items, and we think you'd like to help. So here's what we're offering. So here's what we came up with, guys. When you donate
2: $30 or more to this fund, uh, you're going to get a six-month subscription to the premium podcast at no additional cost. And when you donate or more, then we're going to give you a full year. How about that? Yeah. You'll get all the benefits of our premium sermon podcast, which means daily sermons, interruption-free listening, and zero commercials. We'll get new subscribers out of it, and Pastor Alvarez will get some new equipment to help with what God is doing there. Uh, We think it's a (laughs) win-win-win.
0: Uh, this promotion will only last until our Impact Team, which is happening toward the end of June. So don't miss this opportunity. But wait, Pastor Adam, Dave, what if? What if I'm already a
2: premium subscriber? I'm so glad you asked. Well, so we are going to pass to you those of you who are already paying for a subscription we can give you a gift subscription that you can pass on to somebody else out there
0: who always wanted to subscribe but never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. So all of the links will be in the show notes. And we look forward to being a blessing to you and to Pastor Paul in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys.
2: of Chandler Conference, so please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.
1: Step two, are you being grateful for what God gave you? And are you showing it, right? I'm not talking about being grateful <laughs> because we spend money on them. That's, that's sometimes how, how dads feel, like, no, I, I bought you those shoes, you know, I love you. <laughs> I'm talking about really showing your gratitude to God for what he has blessed you with. Step three is to witness. You know, witnessing is not only a Saturday morning thing, or I don't know if you do Saturday morning or Saturday evening. It's not just that. You know, you can witness without saying a word. That's a weird thing. But you can just have the Spirit of God upon you because you did the right step, right? Step one, you was in prayer. Is somebody, when you go to the break room, what's wrong with you? What do you, what do you mean? Why are you so happy? <laughs> that gives you an opportunity to witness. You're at the gas station paying $13 a gallon for this gas and everybody else is upset, but you realize that God blessed you with the money to be able to pay for it. And when they're all upset, you can say, well, you know what? God opened up this door for me. The other thing that we can do is, you know, on your lunch break, instead of filling your face, you can fill your spirit with the Bible. That's an option. You know, um, Bibles used to be just these leather-bound books that, you know, they were big. Sometimes we have them in the back window. Um, It's usually on the 23rd Psalm or something like that. Uh, It's like a tan because the sun is baked into it. Uh, But now the Bible's on your phone. The Bibles can be on your computer. We have no excuse not to read the Bible. We take all of these steps to help out the outer man. What are we doing for the inner man? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through four. For those, I'm sorry, for those we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. It's not our might, our physical might. It is spiritual. Anxiety, depression, anger issues. But just a little bit of makeup will cover everything up. That's where everybody else does to fix it, right? They mask their problems. You know what? I know I'm not going to get any sleep because I've been stressing out about this, so I need to get up a half an hour earlier to get my face together. There's so many people who's getting their face together in the car before they step into the office. There's so many people getting their face together in the car before they step into the church. You better keep your face the way it is. Let God touch you. That makeup does not change anything. It's still you. It is still you. I'm not gonna get too graphic, but we're living in a time where we have some very interesting people out here. Who would've it wasn't just male and female anymore? There's a few other things out there, and there's a little bit of makeup, and it will surprise you. <laughs> you thought that was a man. They didn't think so. It doesn't change who you are on the inside. It just can't. See, the world will have you think the, uh, thinking the inside out, concerned about your physique, concerned about your appearance, but not concerned about what's really going on. You can fake it as much as you want. And to be honest with you, most of the time, we can't tell. You know, sometimes God will drop in our spirit. You know what? You need to talk to this brother. Uh, you need to try to work with this person. You need to invite them over. But a lot of times we really can't tell. You can fake it to us, but you can't fool God. You got to go home with yourself. Please believe the devil will check your power level. The enemy's waiting for so many Christians. You just got our service. You should be filled with the Spirit, but no. We're playing around and you walk right into the devil's arms. Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16. Then some of the inherent Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, uh, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, uh, was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Coming up in there, perpetrating. See, we cause you no harm. We're not going to hurt you. But on the outside, there's a lot of harm. You might want to make sure that you're not speaking of the Jesus that someone else knows, but the Jesus you need to get to know. You can have the title, you can have the look, but if you lack Jesus, you lack everything. Last I want to look at, you have to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Here's the key. And I don't want to lose church attendance because I say this, but church does not save you. Church doesn't save you. I can't tell you the countless number of people. That I've been in a fellowship with, I mean, brothers and sisters, I'm like, man, I'll probably get out of here before they would. And they are long gone. Situations happen. uh, Maybe it was a disagreement, whatever it may have been, they they slipped away. And it's always, well, I'll just go to this other church. I'll just do that. And some do. But a lot of times they don't. You have to be rooted and grounded. Keeping Christ on the inside means you have to be grounded in him. You got to stand firm. When everything around you is panicking and running, you have to stand firm. And it's hard. It's hard to look at all the turmoil. I mean, you can literally see life breaking before your eyes. You're looking at situations and you're like, God, I can't do anything about this. But I know that you can. There was uh, my wife had told me someone that's close to us. She said, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know she's been diagnosed with breast cancer. I said, Okay. And she said, Just okay. I'm like, I believe in God's a healer. I can't do anything about that. What are my tears going to do? Have we ever thought about people that we pray for and that we sit there and we cry and we grieve? Maybe that's not what they want nor need. Maybe they need to be uplifted, sister, brother. I can't do anything, but God can do everything, man. Let's leak hearts in prayer. It's not that I'm trying to be heartless. It's not that I'm not I'm not trying to uh, uh, understand what they're going through. I just know that God's a healer and that he can do anything. I put my trust in him. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be optimists, not the people who always think that something's going to be wrong. Oh, this ain't going to work out. That's not how God made us. God is powerful. He can do anything. We got to depend on him when everybody else is running around and they're panicking and they don't know what to do. We have to trust God. It's hard. You know, in Virginia beach, I'm looking at this land that you have. I mean, what a blessing. I remember when he was across the street, do you ever look across the street? Like, bye. <laughs> like, yeah, we're over here now. And I'm looking at this land, man. I'm like, man, they got basketball court and they got a little water over there. And I see these trees. I got a tree that's across the street, and there's nothing but uh, it's a magnolia tree, and there's nothing but raccoons. All they do is fight all day and night, and you can just hear it. It's really annoying, but uh, I don't live there. I live across the street, and uh, the gentleman was telling me he's been there all his life. The guy's like seventy-two years old, and him, his mom, and his little brother planted this tree when he was seven. And they planted the tree. And, you know, it was a little sapling. It was a little twig. And, you know, the first few years, it didn't do anything. He's like, why did we even plant this? It's a waste of time. And to think that, you know, 60-plus years later, I mean, it's towering over the house. It's like 30, 40 feet in the air. You know, a lot of the times we think about that when it comes into gardening. People either love gardening or they hate gardening. You know, they want instant gratification. They want something right now. But you know, if you want a fruit tree, you know, the apple tree that you bought from Home Depot, it was on sale, right? Remember they got an apple tree, they got pear, all these different, all these different varieties. They're like 20 bucks. What they don't tell you on there, it takes five to 10 years to produce fruit. Five to 10 years. Many people give up just at the thought alone. Before they plant a seed, I'm not going to do it. You know, we enrich people. Hey, man, God can touch you. God can help you. Maybe you're in the church and you're going through a hard time. You're trying to plant seeds into yourself. No, God is a healer. God has moved before. He can do it again. But as you're planting seeds, remember that the enemy is also planting the seed. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 25. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows a good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat and went his way. You're not the only one sowing. You know, you're not the only one working on your salvation. The enemy is working to snatch you away from God. It is a constant thing. You just can't put a seed in the ground and just expect for it to spring up. It takes work that we have to make sure that we get the ground prepared, that we fertilize, that we trim and we prune and we do everything that's needed. Is your growth stunted? Meaning, did you see yourself maybe a year ago, maybe even a few months ago, man, that you were you were excelling in the things of God. You had this peace upon you and God was really moving and you can literally see things playing out. But now it just seems like nothing's really happening. I'm not seeing the results, God. You had did all these things in the past. Why aren't you doing them right now? Maybe the enemy has been in your field. Who have you given your ear to? Who are you listening to? I'm very funny, and, and I know everybody doesn't believe this, but I do. Um, We have way too many pastors in our churches for me to be listening to other pastors. I just don't. You know, if you, if you put it in your mind that we have over 3,000 churches, right? And some of our churches have multiple pastors in them. You know, we have evangelists and there's assistant pastors that we have plenty of knowledge and we know exactly where it comes from. You just can't be filling your mind and your heart with anything. I'm telling you, YouTube is a trap, right? You'll be watching something and it seems really entertaining or maybe it's something that's going to help you do something around the house, but a few clicks away, you're watching something you're not supposed to be watching. You're far away from where you're supposed to be. And if you feel that, you know what, it I'm just not getting the traction that I used to. I ask you to explore what's going on. What have you placed your eyes upon? What have you given your heart to? What have you listened to? Maybe, just maybe, the enemy has planted a few tears in your life. It's not always that you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Maybe there's been a door that's been opened. You know, we have multiple evangelists that come in and they ask you questions like, hey, you know, do you have anything in your house? You know, you've been dealing with this sickness for a long time. Do you have anything that you've been looking at? Is there is there a door that you open? You know, you don't have to wait for a revival for that. We need to be checking ourselves. We need to go home. We're living in some very critical times, especially the church where you got the pillars who are really running for Christ, where it's really, really busy. There's always something going on. There's very easy for one of your kids to fall into something they're not supposed to. They're innocent, they don't know any better but the enemy always goes after the weaker vessel, right? You know, that you're the husband in the family. You're doing all these things for a church. You're here. You're being uh, a help to your pastor, but you don't understand that your wife is really struggling. That we need to step back and figure out, has the enemy been planting some tears at our house? Because what many people do is, if you look at the pattern we talked about, you know, there's been a stunting of growth. We, we're not gaining any traction. It just seems like we're stagnant. You know, a lot of people sell the field. Well, you know what? It ain't working. I gave it a good go. You know, I, I came to church. They told me that if I would come, I would get a chance to meet Jesus Christ. And it was okay for a few months. Or maybe you've been in church longer. You know what? I've been here for a few years, and I gave it a good go. A lot of great things happened, but maybe it's time to move on now. It's not time to sell the field. It's not time to sell the field. When things are getting hard, that's where you need to press in. Let's talk about finances one last time. And just Dave just sparked something in my mind. You know, we're going through this time in our lives right now that gas is extremely expensive, right? And that stocks are, I mean, they're going down like crazy. And the American dollar is losing value. And if you're just looking at this, you know, on the surface, it can seem like, oh, my goodness, the world's going to end. Everything is horrible. This is not new. This is not new. This happens every 20 or 30 years. There's there's a flip. You know, maybe in your neighborhood and, like, man, when you first bought this house or you first started renting, this neighborhood was amazing. Everybody was so nice. The schools were so good. And now I've been here for 10, 15 years, and it's all crazy. That's nothing new. Maybe your situation isn't bad, maybe you're just not looking at it from the right perspective. Maybe this is not the end. Maybe you just need to get through this. You just got to walk a little bit further. Maybe you just got to push a little bit harder. It is worth it. There's many people that when we had the depression, sorry, the recession, back in 2009, people were taking their lives over money. They're jumping out of their office windows. But the interesting thing is if you look at the mutual fund, that people who continue to just let their money sit in that mutual fund, they Ramsey got a little bit of knowledge. Just let it sit there. It bounced back. Bounced back. That's the same thing with us. Stuff gets tough. It gets hard. Ain't nobody said it was easy being a Christian. But if you continue to walk forward, it'll bounce back. God sees you. You're not alone. He didn't stop caring about you. He loves you. If we skip down to verse 30, it says, first gather together all the tears and bind them in bundles and burn them. So all the negative thinking that you have in your heart, all those things that you don't even dare tell anybody else that you're thinking about, sometimes not even your spouse, you need to bind that stuff up and burn it, give it over to God. The altar is such a beautiful place that it doesn't matter what we've done that we can come and bring those things to the altar. You know, there's something called an amnesty box that they have in inner cities. You know, maybe you've done something you weren't supposed to do and you have a gun or maybe you have a a, a drug or whatever it may be. These amnesty boxes are set up to where it may be in a community, it may be at the jailhouse, that it's a box that we don't care. If you just drop it in a box, we'll act like it never happened and you'll be okay. You know, the altar is an amnesty box that you can come here with the nastiest, horrible, despicable things that you've done. All the things that you said that you didn't want to say, the horrible things that you thought of. And you can leave them right here at the altar. And God's like, you know what? I'll take that. Think about the trade that God has the nerve to trade our garbage for eternal life. That's amazing. And how many people we sit through the service and we just leave the altar. That's for somebody else. That's for people with problems. We need to get rid of doubt. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven through eight. Blesses the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spreads out his roots by the river and will never fear when he comes. But its leaf will be green. It will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. God has not left you. Just because the season changes, just because things happen in life. God is still here. I'm telling you, you're one step away from the page turning. You're one step away from the season changing over. We're in Virginia. We should already know that you wake up in the morning. It's like 13 degrees and then it starts raining. Then it's going to snow and then it's going to be 80. I don't know why it's like that here, but it is. So we realize that in the natural that, you know what? <laughs> I need to have a jacket, some shorts and the umbrella in the car. Maybe we need to do that same thing when it comes into walking this Christian walk. It's it's crazy, man. It's exciting being a Christian. But we're covered. No matter what's going on, we are covered. And it doesn't matter how far away you are, how lost things may be, how tough the struggle is, God is still here. He has not left you. Don't walk away. Don't sell the field. Don't tap out. You need the power. Believe me, there's so many people that thought they could do it on their own, and I'm telling you, they're not in this church nor in any church. People are stepping into eternity. Every second, three people are dying. Every second. We don't need a war to worry about that situation. People are just dying, period. You got children dying of heart attacks. You got people in their 20s dying of strokes. These things are unnatural. We need the covering of God. We need God's power. We got teenagers, elementary school kids committing suicide at the school these things are unnatural stay the course stay with god tap into the power leave your sins at the altar everything will be changed let me get every head bowed in this place respect to your neighbor